Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn, and joining me, Emily Schiltz. Hey! Emily, how are you today? Good. Yeah? Yeah, it's a great day. It is a great day. Um, it's a cold day, but it's a great day. It's so cold. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but man, we're cold in Indianapolis. Yeah, usually, Bring on the spring. Let's usually go. in Indiana, like February is the worst. And if that is true, I'm not looking forward to February <laughs> because like January was bad. January is so bad. <laughs> I know. So, so bad. I think it was like that all over the country, but yeah, that's you know, true. I was watching like Instagrams from people I know in like Miami and they had like a, you know, a, a sweatshirt on and they're like, oh, it's so cold, which is probably like 60 degrees. Come on, guys. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, today we're going to finish the interview with Todd and Kathy Erb. Can't wait. And uh, it's really, really good. And I, I'm just excited because, you know, Todd's been, like I said in the last podcast, like an old wise sage. Now he's not that old. I, you, I mean, <laughs> You know, he's got some gray hair. He's yeah. actually a very good-looking, fit, you know, l- looks like a young man for, for his age. But, um, you know, I, I just I appreciate the fact that um, God brought somebody into my life who was uh, a couple years ahead of me in his journey, yeah. a couple steps ahead of me in his journey. Um, the Lord actually brought a lot of people like that into my life. Um, there's another local pastor here named Jake Baird. We'll probably mm-hmm. have him on the podcast who lost his wife yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, he's a pastor and you know, all of that stuff, navigating all that. Um, and then, you know, Pastor Levi Lesko, who mm-hmm. lost his daughter, author of Through the Eyes of a Lion, um, and pastor of Fresh Life Church. You know, the Lord just brought a lot of those people into my life. But there was something really special about meeting with Todd because his wife and daughter were murdered. And yeah. just to walk through some of these things with him and be able to sit down and go, hey, how, what is it like sitting in the courtroom? And what is it like, you know, what do I need to prepare myself for? And, uh, you know, Emma, I just think it's really important that we surround ourselves with people who are maybe one or two steps ahead of us in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important just in in general having community around you. We can yeah. tend to, you know, especially if you're in church world and you are joining a small group, you can tend to say, oh, I want to hang out with people and join a small group mm-hmm. of people who are just like me in the yeah, same exactly walk of life. exactly my age, already know Jesus. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's hard is like, okay, so if you're a dink, dual income, no kids, mm-hmm. right? What happens when you have kids? Right. Have you surrounded yourself with people who have kids who are a couple steps ahead of you or learning through that process? Or are you going to have to start from square one then, you know, and you're right. like, oh, no, I don't know Rebuild how to do. Community. Yeah, and I don't know yeah. how to do any of this because I haven't surrounded myself with people and like seen it modeled on how to walk through the, you know, birth and, and infancy stage and, you know, yeah. how to still have a great marriage through all of that stuff. And so mm-hmm. I just think in general – it's a good practice to surround yourself with people who are a couple steps ahead of you, yeah. where you want to be, where you know you're going to be, mm-hmm. that can um, that can walk you through that. That's yeah. what I appreciate about Todd and Kathy. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm excited to, to jump in to part two. Um, so let's go ahead and listen. Hey, welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. We are in part two of a conversation with Todd and Kathy Erb. And let me kind of catch you up on just a little bit of what we heard last episode. Um, We heard uh, two people who 
um, each have had some incredible crisis happen in their life and got to this place where um, both were considering, okay, should, should I remarry? Um, what, when is that timeline? And really leaning into the Lord on that. And so uh, we didn't get to talk a whole lot about that last episode, so I really want to dive into that more specifically, even before we find out how you guys met, because I know that the Lord did a lot of preparation in each one of your hearts. And I, and I really like, Kathy, what you said about this imagery of God saying, you know, hey, I'm, and what was it exactly? What was the, the phrase you said? I am attached, attached to you yes. and almost like stitched yes. up, you know, stitching your wound up with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so at some point, each one of you guys had to, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, feel this, okay, release from the Lord or this freedom from the Lord to, to be willing to or receive something if it were to come into your life mm-hmm. in, the, in terms of another relationship. So I want you each to just kind of talk to me about, dialogue a little bit about that, what that looked like for each of you in your life at those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kathy, I'll let you start because I think your journey was even Mm -hmm. well before mine. Mm -hmm. And then I'll step in at the point when you kind of finish speaking of uh, how God tapped you on the shoulder. Yes, yes. Um, It was probably back in 2015. Well, even prior to that, um, really right after my first husband died, God spoke to my heart and told me that I would be remarried. And of course, I I didn't want to hear that. Mm. I didn't want anything... I did not want that mm. at that point in time. So I just really took those words and I just tucked them away mm. um, and began to walk this journey. One of the important things that God was teaching me through really those first four and five years of widowhood was how to let God be my husband. Mm. And I think it was very key that I learn what... What does that look like? What does it mean to let God be my husband? Can you commentate on that briefly? Because I think we've got probably a lot of single mm-hmm. ladies, single gals that yes. they maybe have heard that term. Yeah, you know, if you sit in church at all. But what did that mean for you? How did how did that play out? Mm-hmm. Well, for for women, you are in such a vulnerable place, um, especially if well, whether you've been married or not, you're. You're looking for that protective covering because that really is what your husband is. And, mm-hmm. and one of the functions that he has in your life is that protective covering. And I felt very uncovered, mm-hmm. uh, very vulnerable when my first husband died as a widow. And um, this was at a place where I did, I worked, he and I worked together. He had his own moving business. And so I worked for him. So when he went away, that job went away as well. Mm. So not only did I find myself as a widow, I was also unemployed. And so at that time, learning to let God be my provider and my covering and the one who would lead me, I do believe that your husband is the spiritual leader and he does lead his wife and his family. And so to learn to let him do that was was quite the challenge, um, but I did learn uh, and had the discipline of quiet time, 
to get into his word every morning and to be in in prayer was a very critical piece of my life. Mm. I'm so thankful that it was already in place because that was where I learned to go. I learned to go there every morning and just place myself at his feet. Mm -hmm. During that time, learning how to let him be my husband meant I needed to take those decisions that I needed to make. And I had a lot of decisions to make, not only business-wise in in selling off the business property that there was, but also we had farm animals. Mm. We had a home. I had children still under my roof. I needed his leadership. Yeah. And one of the things, again, that God spoke to my heart very early after becoming a widow Um, He did let me know from Psalm 139, Kathy, before any of your days came to be, they were already blueprinted, Mm. and I know the best way for you to go. Wow. If you would come and ask me, I will let you know what to do. And so I would do it without fail. I was learning to do that. So even if you are not a widow and you're a single woman, he is waiting to give you that direction. Yeah, wow. Um, he tells you that his 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 word is a light for your feet mm. and, and a, a a lamp for mm-hmm. you and a light. And I really did take that to task. Yeah, uh, going into his word every day and asking him, and then laying decisions before him, however great or small. That was learning to let him be my husband, to learn to let him lead and to listen, to get very quiet and to listen mm-hmm. uh, to him. And sometimes he would do it even through other people. Hmm. They would come and they would, I mean, just say, these are some of the thoughts that I've had as I've been praying for you. And boy, oh boy, did they just line up yeah. right with the questions that I had been asking between God and I. And so letting him do that, letting him spiritually feed me, let him lead me, let him be my provider, uh, they were, they, they were uh, challenges. And I'm telling you, there were times where it was very difficult, and I would, I would play that husband yeah. card on him yeah. when it was really hard and very painful, or I, and I was very confused. I would really kind of go to him like I would a husband and say, now look, you're the leader, mm. and you told me that you would be my husband. Now, tell me what to do here. Mm. Tell me what I should do, and I, I'll follow you. Wow. So it was a long, very long process. Wow. Mm-hmm. What? When do you feel like it, there was a point, you know, you said that the Lord put it in your heart about November 2015, or mm-hmm. not November, but somewhere in 2015. It was actually um, when he started speaking to me about being married again. Right, yes. right. Yes. So, but when was the when, when was the point where you started being receptive to that? Because <laughs> you said you kind of like suppressed it, tucked it away. Yeah. What, what, what did that process he had look really like? Really spoken to my heart in 2015 it, about the about the summertime, late okay. summer, that he wanted me to be married again, and I really tucked that away, and, and I was open to it mm. at that time. Um, I so I had been a widow for six years, mm-hmm. and um, I. I was more open to it, and I and I truly believe that was him preparing my heart mm. to be open to that again. 
And so I just, I, I, I started praying about it. I journaled it. I prayed about it, but I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And then late that fall, I told, disclosed that to my best friend. And of course, uh, she just immediately took off with that, began to pray about it as any uh, best friend and prayer warrior would do. And she wrote out the most beautiful prayer. Mm. And I still have that. And it it was so encompassing what she was praying for, mm. uh, for that man. And for even for if he had children, mm. she had included the children in there and my children. And so I tucked that away. And I didn't say anything. So that was in 2015. And um, I prayed about it with her for, for, oh, I don't know how many months. Mm-hmm. And then God really began uh, to press on my heart that um, there was just a certain man that he had in mind. Mm. And... Um, his name was mentioned. That, so that was in 2014. I'm sorry, I was a okay, year off. That was 2014. Because in 2015, uh, there was a mutual uh, person between Todd and I that happened to mention his name. <laughs> and when that name was mentioned, I, I just had a real stirring in my spirit. Now, mm. you know, I, and I thought, oh my, uh, because I knew about him. I knew uh, yeah. his story, yeah, and so immediately I went online and I looked up and I, I watched the interview that Todd wanted, the interviews Todd had done, mm. and um, I thought, oh my, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, so, did, did this seem daunting to you at yes, all? Is that, Christy, yes. would you care to comment uh, on this? I will not comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Very, and I thought, okay, and I, and so again, I kept quiet about that, and then uh, in the fall, I knew that God wanted me to make contact with him uh, by sending him a, a card, mm. and so I was really kind of rebelling against that, but I did it. I did it anyway, and at that time, I disclosed it to my best friend, and my family already knew as well that I had let them know that I knew God wanted me married again. Mm. So they were praying as well, but my best friend kind of more had more of the inside. Mm-hmm. And um, so as soon as I let her know, she didn't know what to think about it either, but we took it to the throne. Mm. We really prayed about this. And um, I remember walking in church, and it was the second week of December in 2004. 15. And I remember walking in that day and God just saying, you know, today's the day. And I thought, well, that's nice. For what? And um, I walked in and I went up to speak with somebody at church and lo and behold, who was standing next to him but Todd Herb. And he doesn't remember this encounter, but I sure do. Um, I met him that day and he introduced himself and we we stood there and we talked for a little bit about the sermon that day and it happened to be on darkness Mm. and uh, depression. And I remember some of his comments, but more importantly, I remember turning around and walking away from that conversation 
and God speaking to my heart saying, he is the one I want you attached wow. to. Mm-hmm. And he used that word, attached. Wow. And I, you know, when when he speaks to your heart yeah. and impresses things on there that you just can't even conceptualize, you you take those and you, and you take those deeply yeah. into your prayer room and you begin to pray about them. Yeah. And so God was just going to have to work that out because <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yep. And he really began to work in my heart and work in a faster pace, some more healing mm. that needed to take place. And um, it wasn't until the spring I started really getting antsy because I I just knew he was really mm. developing that love in my heart because I kept praying for Todd, Wow, praying for Todd. And I know it sounds funny, but when you pray constantly for someone, mm. God just really begins to put a love for them in your heart. So here I was praying for this man and just loving this, not only him, but his children and praying for them and just knowing that God was developing something in my heart that needed to be there. Yeah. So so interesting. I never forget, Christy, when you told me the first time that you... uh, I mean, I guess it would have been shortly after we met that you prayed for my future wife and Weston's future mom. Yeah, and we were dating, and I was praying for your future wife <laughs> you and Weston's think future it was you. mom. Nope, You're I did like, not think it was well, me. Well, it's not going to be me, Lord, but <laughs> <laughs> we're like dating. I don't even know what this guy's doing taking me out on dates, but really pray for his future wife and yeah. Weston's future mom. Because <laughs> yeah. you care about them so deeply, you just want the best for them, even if it's not you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, man, that's... In- okay, so you don't remember, Todd, the encounter in December with no, Kathy. No, not on that particular December. I, I'm ashamed to say that. Yeah, because no, we... I- well, and, and we, you know, met in March, but this the next time we met was November of 2016. So it was March of 2016, November of 2016. So between March and November... <laughs> yeah. Because that, that conversation in November was a very instrumental conversation for for me, which I'll fill in in a second, but... There was a lot of things that happened in you right. to get you ready. Right. And so talk to the listener about that a little bit. Yeah, and you know, probably the primary difference for me in my transition uh, to even consider to think about remarriage uh, is a different journey than what Kathy just shared. But in my particular instance, um, f- for me, a new relationship just was not on the radar mm-hmm. at all. Um not that I hadn't contemplated it or given thought to it, but I just never was coming to the conclusion that it could become a reality. Mm -hmm. My heart, and I knew my heart wasn't ready. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just knew that Mm -hmm. God had not prepared and brought about enough healing where I was in a position to say, um, I desire to be remarried because that really wasn't the case for me. Um, Up until um, Kathy and I, well, really, the f- the first meeting that I remember with Kathy was uh, at a an open house at my work. We were opening mm-hmm. a brand new facility uh, at my workplace and uh, and kind of commissioning it, really um, christening it, so to speak. And she was a part of that open house, and I I remember bumping into her and just having about probably no more than a five minute uh, conversation with her. Mm-hmm. 
in, in nothing of any deep relevance that I recall, other than I do recall having met her really for what I consider to be the first time. <laughs> and then it wasn't until, and this was in May, this was in May of 2016. Mm. And then uh, the, the point that I really remember vividly uh, is when Kathy and I really first met in church or saw each other in church. And this was on um, July the 10th mm-hmm. of 2016. Mm-hmm. I remember the date vividly, and you know you were kind of recalling mm-hmm. details, Davey, of significant yeah. times of our life. But this was one of those, and it was kind of funny, I guess, in terms of how that came about. I well, was there's just, something special about church, too. When you meet somebody in church, I mean, it's just done deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. A, a, a word of advice to all the singles out there, just go to church. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, within um, within a minute of the church service having started, I just feel this tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and there's Kathy. Mm. And Kathy said, um, do you mind if I sit next to you during the service? Mm. And I didn't want to do that. I really argued with God. I'm just going to say that for the record. Yeah, well, <laughs> we won't get into the stalking. Like, we won't get into the stalking part. Of I know. It. She's say, making this is the like, first move over here. This is like this is like a, a Ruth instance right here. Yeah. She's just like yes. coming and laying at the foot of your bed. Yes. And, you know? Well, and, and Kathy can elaborate on that because yeah. that that's the story that she falls back wow. on. Yes. But. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, we sat next to one another on that particular church service. And after the service in particular, we, we got into a very lively, uh, uh, healthy mm-hmm. conversation, spiritual, um, and, but yet kind of about the service and mm-hmm. what we had just heard and just kind of sharing and relating. And mm-hmm. honestly, you guys, I, I, I was still wearing my wedding band on that day. Mm-hmm. It was two and a half years later. And um and I and I really did not, still was not giving thought to, uh, frankly, anything to do with Kathy or striking up a relationship in any way beyond just having encountered her at church. Well, it was it was two Sundays after that Sunday, so this would have been on July the twenty fourth Sunday, and uh, on this occasion, um, I bumped into Kathy after the church service, um, and uh, we stood out in the lobby and, and shared, uh, again, about the service and probably in that occasion talked for what I believe was almost a half an hour. Mm. And for the first time, for the very first time during that conversation, I really was feeling the spirit move in my heart to say, you know, maybe, just mm. maybe, uh, I could ask somebody like Kathy out for dinner. Hmm. Maybe. what What's a little dinner? What's the harm? What's yeah. the harm? You mm-hmm. know, dinner's dinner. <laughs> and uh, so in in one of my more swift moves uh, as a single <laughs> single man, I uh, didn't have anything to write with, didn't know really how to even begin to uh, know how to make contact with Kathy. So I thought, well, I'm just going to give her one of my business cards. Mm-hmm. And if uh, <laughs> if she chose to... To contact I me, I it. said, here's my <laughs> cell phone, here's my email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but, and, and that was my intent. You guys didn't do, you guys, it wasn't on Tinder or anything like that? No. Oh, dating app, nothing like, okay, all right. No. no. Swipe right, nothing like that. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking what? about. <laughs> we, we don't. We're okay, not technical, okay. <laughs> we're not technical savvy people. So the business card works. Old school business card, here yeah. it is. Yeah, so... Uh, in my additional smooth move and move in all of that, uh, 
Well, Kathy proceeded to text me on that Sunday evening, mm-hmm. and I get a text message from Kathy, and I'm like, oh, boy, I don't really know how to respond or <laughs> if I should respond. <laughs> Seriously, and so I didn't respond. Yeah. <laughs> For 24 hours, he oh. did not respond to a text. Oh, man. <laughs> no, and uh, she reminded me of that the next day yeah. by <laughs> texting again. I was going to say, in Todd's story, it's more like, well, I didn't respond for a couple hours. You're like, it was 24 hours, 23 minutes, and 16 seconds. Thank <laughs> it you. It was. Who doesn't respond? I thought, well, maybe he doesn't text. I don't know. But I have since find, found out he does text. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I did respond finally in a text message, mm-hmm. uh, and then um, two so two days had passed. So this was on a Tuesday morning, and I thought, man, I just need to kind of get the scoop on this Kathy girl to see just what she's all about. Mm-hmm. So I I called a friend who was a part of the church, and she knew Kathy, so. Um, I asked her, well, what do you know about Kathy? And her immediate response was, Kathy Christman is one of the most, one of the most godly women that I know. Mm. She's a sweet person. And, uh, um, and then she proceeded to tell me a story about a dream that she had had mm-hmm. that she was reluctant to bring up to me that she actually saw Kathy and I together, mm-hmm. uh, being together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, wow, well, mm. maybe there's something to this. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was mustering enough, uh, up enough confidence throughout the course of that day to uh, finally get home then in the evening. And I remember sitting at my desk in my office mm-hmm. and uh, having my cell phone in my hand and coming to that crossroads to say, I think I'm going to call Kathy and see if she'd be av- available to go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not kidding you, I, just, I literally felt like I could have been back in high school mm. and asking someone out on a first date. And it was so foreign and so strange for me to be thinking about this. And I, I remember having dialed the number on my cell phone, but not pushing that send button. It's just like, you know. Like, how do I do it, this again? I if, I, if I push this button, I said, I think there's no return yeah, in this. Wow. I mean. No turning back. No yep. turning back. So you had to have the... 20 seconds of courage. 20 seconds of courage. I just told myself, you know, that's all I need here. Just push that button. So I did. And she answered. (laughs) And uh, she said yes to the first date. Yeah. So we we went out on, uh, it was a Saturday evening, July the 30th. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I know you're probably scratching your heads thinking, well, how does this guy, guys don't keep track of anything. I mean, how does he know all these dates? But all of this stood out in my mind. It Mm -hmm. just all was so vividly um, being ingrained in my mind Mm -hmm. because it was foreign territory. Right. And it was really foreign territory. But God started to place a a love Mm -hmm. in my heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't take long. We we went out on that first date and just had a a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just so easy with all the conversation, wonderful dinner. And... um, one little caveat to the story that I'll interject that I think is an, is an import, is important for everybody mm-hmm. to to kind of hear and understand. But on that very first date, when I came to Kathy's door, I had proceeded mm-hmm. to uh, buy flowers, mm-hmm. but they weren't just any ordinary flowers. They were mm-hmm. two white roses. Mm-hmm. And when she opened the door and I stepped in, first thing I told her was, Kathy, giving you these flowers, uh, which represents uh, what I want to be the purity of our relationship, no matter where it goes. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 
I want you to have these. And so... Yeah. A little That's bit awesome. of romance there. Yeah, yeah there you beautiful. go. <laughs> I, yeah. I redeem myself. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. From the well, business card. Yeah, yeah from mm-hmm. the business card. There you go. Yes. Well, so, you know, July 30th, is that what you said was the yeah. first date? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then I have a conversation with you in November. Right. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, I don't even know if you still know how profound this conversation was. Oh, uh, yeah, because I think I told you, but the... Um, I was l- literally that morning praying. Um, I, I'd, I had felt this this really deep prompting that I knew I was supposed to keep my wedding ring on for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Then after a year, mm-hmm. I was supposed to ask the Lord, okay, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just like you, Todd, just like anybody who loses a spouse, you you can't fathom being with somebody other than that person because you do, you become one. And yet the Lord does something really powerful and amazing to, um, to stitch up your heart, mend it, heal it, and then allow you to, to move forward. And not just that, what you thought, this is the way I describe it. I thought I knew with Amanda the pie of love. I really was only privy and savvy to some slices of it. Mm-hmm. There's so much more of a capacity to love as you even move forward in life and as you walk through things like this and um, the Lord uh, was starting to increase my capacity, not yet my um, actual stepping into loving someone yet, but my capacity to be open to that again. Mm-hmm. So I prayed that morning before we met. You had randomly contacted me again, said, hey, can we... And I was busy until that particular day. So we set up a, an appointment. I was driving home from, uh, I think, our album recording in November. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, I need to know if I'm open, like if I'm released to begin dating. Um, and you sat me down and you shared this whole story. And the, all literally you said was, there's been some developments in my life that I think may encourage you. <laughs> and, you know, like we didn't even catch up or anything no. until like you just stepped stepped in and said that we're eating Chipotle or something back in my office yeah. and dripping Chipotle sauce all over the floor and stuff. And, <laughs> and, and you just start sharing this with me that you have now met this wonderful lady, Kathy, and in a very short amount of time, you've, um, your heart has grown to this capacity to love her. Um, and, and you've asked her to marry you. You guys are getting married in January. And I'm like, what? Hold on. (laughs) Slow down. Right. And then you're like, I think, I think you need to hear about how this progression happened. So you told Mm -hmm. me about the story of it. And I just, I just sat there in tears Mm -hmm. because regardless of how it happened, that to me was the Lord answering me saying, Hey, um, you, you're open, you're, Mm -hmm. you're released, you're Mm -hmm. free to, um, to pursue dating if I bring somebody into your life. Because you said something very profound at the end of that conversation. You said, Davey, at some point, somebody's going to come along and you're going to um, you're gonna, you're gonna wrestle with the Lord on whether or not you can and you're free to date that person. And you said, what you had with Amanda was beautiful and pure and special, and it was right for that season. And the Lord deemed it right for that season, but there's a new season that's coming. And that was so profound for me. And I mm-hmm. think that that even as we sit here and talk about this, mm-hmm. um, not that the Lord puts us by any means in chains, yeah. but we are bond servants to Christ yes. in that He is our first love. And I think that we have to have that kind of release, whether you're on the side of the spectrum of being single, whether you're on the side of the spectrum of being 
you know, um, widowed, divorced, whatever it is, you've got to have that, um, that relationship with the Lord where, mm-hmm. where he's the one that says, okay, hey, now's, now's the time, mm-hmm. rather than you trying to yes. predetermine that. And I think that also tells us that nobody else can determine that for us. You know, mm-hmm. nobody else can tell us when it's too soon or too late or too whatever, mm-hmm. because that's our timeline with the Lord. And so, you know, your story profoundly impacted even my just starting to step into, okay, what does this look like for me mm-hmm. to be open and ready for that? Um, and so I had just had my first conversation with Christy maybe a week or a week or so before that. Mm-hmm. She stiff-armed me. She didn't want anything to do with me at that point, but, you know. I think he told us that when, we, <laughs> when he had actually come mm-hmm. and had dinner with us, he was already talking about Christy. Uh-huh. And uh, we did spend a, a mm-hmm. time of prayer actually yep. around that table yep. about where you were, where mm-hmm. God was going to take you. And so here we are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because several months later, we spent some time and over dinner and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was the point where I started asking you guys questions because it was right after mm-hmm. you guys had gotten married. Mm-hmm. And so I started asking you guys questions. Okay. What does remarriage even look like? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I hate to like kind of fast forward into that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we'd love to ask you guys questions about, you know, as mm-hmm. you guys were beginning the journey of even before the, the wedding, yes. figuring out what does it look like to merge these two really complex stories together and lives together. Yeah. What are some big battles that you guys had to wrestle through personally, interpersonally with each other? Mm. Some big triumphs, some some victories, some some yeah. you know, monumental things that you could point to. Maybe I'll step in and just kind of speak and actually Christy, I was sharing this a little bit with you uh, even prior to the podcast here, but one of the things that was important for me and I think important for people to maybe hear uh, that are listening is, as you put it, Davey, the capacity to love. Mm. Um, you had experienced a, a deep love with Amanda, mm-hmm. but yet the question is, did you really experience all of the love mm. that you could have? Yeah. And, of mm-hmm. course, you were younger in your marriage than what I had been with my wife, Mary Lynn. But even after almost 31 years of marriage to Mary Lynn, I felt as if we were very close to entering a time period of uh, being empty nesters and mm. She and I had 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 a conversation about, uh, you know, what this new season of life is going to look like for mm-hmm. us, uh, talking about time together and mm. trips and just things that we'd like to do, um, ministries mm-hmm. that we might like to do together, uh, volunteer and service work. I mean, just all facets of our life in terms yeah. of how they might change now as we're becoming empty nesters. Mm-hmm. nesters. And, and my love for her was very deep. We had what I would consider to be a, a very good marriage uh, for almost those 31 mm. years, a very strong marriage. But the reason I want to bring this up is because even though uh, that relationship with her, with her was extremely deep, extremely loving, and having lost her, um, that part of my life, God would allowed me to compartmentalize and I feel, and this is what I described to Christy and to many others, but um, there was a veil. There was really mm-hmm. almost a veil of separation to say, okay, that chapter, that season, uh, those years of marriage with Mary Lynn was one part of my life. Mm-hmm. Here is now a new chapter, a new opportunity, a yeah. new season. 
and and the ability to have that separation of love for one other human being and now um, giving that over to another human yeah. being was a very remarkable has been a yeah. very remarkable part of my journey mm. and now my capacity to love Kathy and to view her as my wife and not mm-hmm. uh, place her a secondary or or there's no compromise and I hope I'm saying that comparison. right or expressing mm-hmm. that comparison mm-hmm. um, to what I had had before because this relationship with Kathy is just between she and I yeah this mm-hmm. is this is what she and I are creating together yeah. but mm-hmm. it's with the capacity that God gives us to love each other within yeah. our hearts and, and that is, Mm-hmm. Not only remarkable, but frankly, has been miraculous. Mm-hmm. Just uh, it's the mm-hmm. only way that she and I really, I think, can describe that, or at least that's what we have described. Is mm-hmm. uh, it's just been a, a remarkable and miraculous journey for us mm-hmm. to transition and to love each other so deeply. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the the same thing. Uh, what we discuss in that in that area is true for both of us. Um, mm. We we have such a an outpouring of God's love in our hearts for each other, and we found that very quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially in our conversations. We found that we love the Lord very deeply, mm-hmm. and we were able to ke- connect with each other very deeply mm-hmm. because of our relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want to kind of go into another area that a couple things that I want to make sure that people know that when when I started really knowing that God wanted me to be remarried, I I really disclosed that to my kids. Mm. I wanted them to know. I want them to know what God is talking to me about. Yeah. But I also wanted them to be prepared because I didn't know what it looked like, and I knew that they wouldn't know what it would look like either. Um, and, and even as God gave me a name, I did disclose that to my kids. Mm. They probably thought I was crazy, <laughs> but I wanted them to know this was a faith journey, and this is what I'm sensing from yeah. God. And um, they re- they were open to that. They were not um, negative about it. And Todd and I, um, we have made it a point to try and be very intentional with our adult children and mm. our grandchildren, very intentional about trying to get together with the, with them and then trying uh, getting together collectively. Um, but I have to say that's just been a very difficult area. Mm. Um, because, and, and Todd would always say this, Kathy, we are so far in front of them yeah, as wow. far as how we feel about each other that, and it's between you and I, but they just can't grasp where we're at. Mm. And, um, so backing it up and waiting on them as far as what they're able to do. And they're all on different levels. Yeah, they're yeah. all in different places where where they are with God, where they are in their life, mm-hmm. the seasons they're, that they're in. And so um, to not be hurt mm. because they can't respond because they're not quite 
where we are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're not happy for us. Right. That doesn't mean that they they know that God is doing this. It just means that where they are on their own personal level, we have to just understand yeah. and mm-hmm. be patient and respect them mm-hmm. where they are and and to see what they can do. Right. And and to not shrink back. But just to know, okay, this is a journey not only for Todd and I, but it's a journey for our children too, a, a journey for their own healing because they've been very wounded right. as well. Right. So um, to pray for them, to come together, and Todd and I do this daily. Mm. We pray for our children. We pray for our grandchildren. Mm. We pray for the babies that are yet to be born uh, in, in, in between all of our yeah. kids. Are you, are you guys afraid ever that... Maybe, you know, for each of you that that you maybe are a reminder to Kathy's children of their grief and their pain and vice versa. And, you know, how does that feel when you guys all get together? How have you guys walked through that? I remember the first time that Christy was around Amanda's family, you know, mm-hmm. she just kept saying, well, I mean, what was it you told dad? I felt that, like that it, it just showed them kind of like a permanence, like here yeah. is another person coming into their door that's different that's not Amanda and it made it feel like there was a permanence in it and I was a reminder of her her being gone her mm-hmm. not being there right mm-hmm. right so you were afraid that there was going to be like this pain that always came up yeah and I didn't want to be around. a cause of that pain for them right exactly mm-hmm. have you guys found that to be the case or have, have you had to walk through some of that um, well <clears throat> yeah I, I think to some degree uh, that might be the case mm-hmm. for each of our uh, kids, mm-hmm. but the one thing uh, that I shared, and we shared this openly with our kids, is that uh, I by no means consider myself any kind of a substitute as Kathy's husband's mm. um, kid's father. I mean, a replacement. I'm a replacement. No replacement. Mm. And, and the same mm-hmm. could be said for Kathy in the lives of my children, mm-hmm. that uh, she's not a, a substitute for her mother, yeah. for their mother, mm-hmm. but um, we we do want to adopt, uh, you know, a relationship where as we blend our families, mm-hmm. as Kathy used the word earlier, we've uh, tr- tried to be very intentional with um, scheduling things, getting together, um, being with our kids uh, one-on-one and then being with our kids uh, collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've made a very concerted and very conscious effort to do that, but it's no substitute for really um, saying in terms of where they're at, because uh, as Kathy mentioned, they are at different places Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. with accepting um, right. uh, mm-hmm. Kathy and I uh, as coming mm-hmm. together and being married. But as she also used the word, I mean, we respect that. Mm. Yes. We, we really um, are trying to give them as much space as mm-hmm. possible. And, and we can't accelerate it other than what the passing of time yeah. is yeah. going to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can say that about our healing process mm-hmm. too, right. about their healing process yes. yeah. too. What would yes. you say, Todd, if someone came to you and said, hey, you have to be fully healed before you can even entertain mm. the idea of remarrying somebody? Or yeah. how would you comment mm. on, on that? Because that was my thought. For me, I was like, oh, I got to be fully healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself even in the midst of this relationship going, well, wow, I've got some things I need to process. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but you know, Davey, 
maybe the question even deeper is, what does it really mean to be fully healed? Or is there such a thing? <laughs> is there you such know? a thing? Yeah. You know, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, when even when I first started dating Davy, I went to um, just some woman in our in our congregation. I just was mentioning to her that. I didn't know if I wanted to date him because I wasn't sure if he was fully healed because if he didn't have a great foundation and was healed, he would kind of use me as a crutch. Mm. And then after a while, once he started healing, he wouldn't need the crutch anymore. So what would he need me for? Mm. And I told my great grandma that and she said, honey, he's not a crutch to you. He's your leaning post and you're his <laughs> leaning post when he, you know, when you need yeah, him. A leaning so, post, not a crutch. Yes. <laughs> so that's how I started seeing it. It was more of like, you know, whenever he's feeling weak, like I'm there for his leaning post and, and vice versa. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you also commented earlier, Davey, as far as um, what's the timing of all that really yeah. look like or feel like? And, and, and I remember... Even as I met with you on that one occasion, maybe, maybe the very first occasion mm-hmm. um, in the Starbucks, um, it's just like, well, is the time frame based upon what others might perceive? Mm-hmm. You know, is it maybe what others might be saying mm-hmm. or thinking or telling us? Or is it really left up to our own hearts? Mm-hmm. And the more that time has passed, the conclusion for me is it's really what my own heart tells me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. even even more so for me, it was uh, the the placement of that love in yeah. my heart, that healing right. uh, that had mm-hmm. taken place uh, by God Himself. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it, it goes back to the Lord saying, "Hey, you're released to do this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Is what Scripture tells us. Mm-hmm. So that means that as we're walking with the Lord and we're delighting ourselves in Him, mm-hmm. He's going to make it known to us. Yes, what you know, the where where, where our where our heart mm-hmm. is in, in terms of being ready for whatever that next mm-hmm. thing is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys have such a different dynamic oh, yes, than, uh, you do. than what we've gone through. Yeah. It's quite a different, it's a, well, the thing for us that's been different is like, normally when you get married, if you, you know, the normal marriage is like, you <laughs> oh. get married, you get to learn each other for a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you decide, Oh, we're going to have kids. And then you kind of go through that transition season of having one kid and growing into that. And, for us, it's like, here. Two you know, kids traveling, boom, PA school, here we go. congregation, let's go. Mm-hmm. And it's just been like, for us, yeah. we've we've just said, okay, it's going to be so important for us to create mm-hmm. time for just the two of us, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And uh, trying to be very, very, very intentional about that over this next year. Like, anytime she can travel with me, boom, mm-hmm. she's going with me, you know, and we'll find sitters for the kids. Anytime mm-hmm. that we can snag a lunch break or a date night or something like that, let's you know, do that. Even so. just being purposeful with our kids too, like mm-hmm. him spending time with Natalia, individual mm-hmm. time and me spending time with Weston mm-hmm. since we've already had, you know, time with our own kids. Mm-hmm. We want to make, make sure that we get individualized time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in the season. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a, well, it's the same thing you guys were saying about like being intentional with the time that you have with your kids individually, collectively, all of the above. That's hard. I mean, that's a very difficult some people, I would imagine, in situations like this, just kind of choose to omit that. They're like, this is too hard mm-hmm. to... Um, why do you guys see value in that, in really trying to blend things well? Well, because we care about our kids' hearts. Mm. And um, they were, they've been part of our lives for their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And so to let them know that when... God brings two together as yeah. he has you and Christy and has 
as he has Todd and I, um, the purpose is greater than ourselves. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. includes our families. And um, we want our families to be kingdom warriors. Mm. We, we want them to walk in God's purposes. And we know that this involves them very much. Mm-hmm. Um, that we still have a lot of things that we would like to speak into their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to influence them. And um, this is not just me and Todd's journey. Yeah, This is their journey as well. And this is how God is writing our story. Mm. So as he is uh, bringing Todd and I together, he's doing the same thing with our kids. And mm-hmm. he has just such a wonderful purpose for their lives. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's an opportunity to extend grace yeah. to each other right. all the time and not to be hurt. And, and I can tell you uh, the difficulty of, of um, mo- moving out of my home mm. and shutting it down and, and, and getting rid of all my stuff, mm. I had an identity crisis. Mm. I, I did. Okay, please expound on that. Let's talk about that the, a little bit. Well, um, I mean, I had been married. So mm-hmm. I had been married for almost 28 years. And then I was a widow for eight years. So the things that I had were what I very much identified with. Mm. So we're talking like, what, 38 years of stuff? And then um, you really come to points where you're you're looking at things thinking, what do I do with all this stuff? And and what do I do with things that, okay, we have double of it. Mm. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that to the things that are our memories right. and things that you're very attached to, things that hold attachments to right. them. And it's almost like you have to take each one of them to the altar and mm. say, God, what do I do with this? Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm so identified with this, but yet you've given me Todd. Mm. And what I kept, and we made the decision, and let's just say right up front because. We may have people that are listening to this saying, well, what, what did you do? Where mm. do you live? Well, we made the decision, Todd and I, the most logical decision was for me to sell my home and to move into his home. Mm. He still had Brock, his, his son, at home. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go ahead and do that. And we, I can just hear it now, people saying, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, could never do that. But this is part of the journey that God called me to. Mm, mm -hmm. This is the part of the journey that God called Todd and I to walk through. So we don't expect people to understand Mm. or agree. We don't really care. Wow. (laughs) What what we know is... Let's just say that again. We don't expect people to understand or agree. Yeah. Yeah, wow. But it's something that God has given Todd and I the grace to walk through. He's given you and Christy grace to walk through something that is very difficult that Hmm. nobody else looking in could even fathom or understand. They may even have advice, and that's all well Hmm. and good. But when it comes down to it, it has to be something that God is leading both both you and Christy and Todd and I Hmm. in. And so we're walking this out, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Hmm. Just because God brought us together (laughs) doesn't mean... That it's easy. Yeah, yeah. 
You don't want to comment on that, huh? Oh, I can totally comment. I just didn't know. Um, well, to go with this that. Is, you're, you're like ringing her heart right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's right in some of the stuff that she and I have been, you know, already been walking through. Yeah, it's funny. So even just even going with Todd, what you said about your heart, you know, your capacity to love. And from the very beginning, friends that who really loved me and cared about me, they mentioned just... How do you think he's going to be able to love you? He loved Amanda so well. Will he have room in his heart to love you? And from the very beginning, I don't know why, I've always had peace in my heart. Like, okay, you know, I've seen how I've only had one child. I remember thinking, I love her so much. How in the world, if I had ever had another child, would I be able to love them just as much as I loved her? But I saw my friends have multiple kids, and they said, it's just crazy. They just love them differently, but they have a different capacity of love. So I felt that peace with with Davy. I was like, he doesn't have to stop loving her or love me more, love her less or whatever. He's just going to have a different capacity to love. Mm-hmm. So going into this, like everyone thought it would be really hard for me, praying for me, and it never really was hard. And I was like, am I missing something? <laughs> like God's grace was so much mm-hmm. on this relationship that it never felt hard until the moment I moved in the house. Mm-hmm. And you know, Natalia and I, we lived in our own home for two years Mm -hmm. and two years is a short time. But in that short time, we created a home for me Mm -hmm. and her. It was safe. Mm -hmm. It was peaceful. Um, Just the level of the relationship I had with the Lord during that time, Mm -hmm. it was my home. It was her home. Mm -hmm. So when I gave, it felt like I was giving that up and I was grieving a loss of giving that up to be married. And I was so excited about being married, but going into um, Davy's home, it actually felt like in a weird way that I was moving into Davy and Amanda's home. Yes. Um, yes. Even though Amanda never lived there, it was a new home. It was his mm-hmm. home that he created, but it still felt like I was a guest in my own home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I felt yeah. guilty for feeling those mm-hmm. negative feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I kept it from him and and I would just <laughs> deal with it on my own until one day, it was actually one day, our the first, first night, night of our, our honeymoon. honeymoon. <laughs> oh. He was like, you have to tell me, like, you have to tell on? me. What's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> so I tell him and it became mm-hmm. a thing. We had, I call him a tension talk. We don't fight. We have tension talks. He thinks that's <laughs> so silly. I swear we were at that all-inclusive resort. The couple next to us were like, okay, we're getting out of this restaurant. Because <laughs> whatever's going on next to us is not good. <laughs> but I just, I had to talk through it. Once we did, we realized, and I told him, I was like, I'm just, I'm not naive to know that it's just going to take me time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally grieving the loss of my old home, that safety, that that time that I spent with the Lord there. And it's going to be a new thing. And like in mm-hmm. Isaiah, you know, God's doing a new thing and I know mm-hmm. that he is. Um, and it's exciting, mm-hmm. but in the same way, it's change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's it learning how, no one writes the handbook on how to do this mm-hmm. and how to do this well. And I want to do this well and I want to be mm-hmm. sensitive to everyone, to him, to the buyers, to the Blackburns, mm-hmm. to my yes. family, to Natalia, to Weston. And at the end of the day, just have a healthy family. Mm-hmm. But how do you do it? Mm-hmm. By God's grace, that's where we're at right now, mm-hmm. by communicating. Well, Kathy, how have you guys walked th- through that? You know, I mean, hearing you basically amen all these things that she's feeling as well. Mm-hmm. What has mm-hmm. that felt like for you? What are even some of the practical things like mm-hmm. pictures and different things like that in Todd's home? Yeah, maybe before Kathy answers that question, I just want to clarify to make sure that everyone understands mm-hmm. when she expresses that she's moved into my home, uh, I stayed in my home. Mm-hmm. So in other words, this is the home where the, the tragedy took place. Wow. So mm-hmm. I think that's important for everyone right. to mm-hmm. know as a clarification. Yeah, because yeah. that was you and Mary Lynn's home right. for years mm-hmm. and years and years and years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, answering your question, though, in terms of, you know, well, what 
what have we done or mm-hmm. uh, to create a different environment or especially uh, for Kathy to be comfortable in this environment. And uh, Christy very much, very strongly uh, can relate to what you just brought up. Mm-hmm. Because for me, you know, there there was no transition. I mm-hmm. mean, it was my home. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and yes, very strongly um, oriented and, and yep. decorated and had... Uh, Mary Lynn all over mm. without question and she and I talked about that and she's just been a tremendous trooper I'll have mm. to say as far mm. as just allowing that grace towards me and towards my family and towards the home and and it's been a sl- it's been kind of a slow process but mm. she and I have come together and made very purposeful um, changes in, in to the decor and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to the feel of the house. I mean, it's not; it's really not all there by any means. Right. But um, we've taken strides, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, it, and it, it's it is a it is a process. Um, it, it's it's honestly been for me another part, another dimension of my spiritual journey mm. uh, because. When I had to start getting rid of everything, and um, it really brought me to points of crisis Mm -hmm. because I was finding myself very much struggling, Mm. very much in a a not a good place um, as I was going through yet another grieving process, an identity crisis. What is going on? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? As I'm cleaning out things, um, and just to go back to say that the home that I lived in with my first husband, I um, had to move out of there a year after, a year and three months after my first husband had passed away, and uh, that that entailed a lot. It entailed getting rid of farm animals. Mm. It entailed getting rid of a business. It entailed mm. getting rid of it. I mean, there was just a lot. And uh, God's grace uh, was definitely walking me through that. And then to be in this home, and like you said, Christy, it was a home that God gave me. Mm-hmm. I knew He gave it to me, and He was the He was the husband of the home and mm-hmm. gave me this space mm. to just heal and to be okay. And it was manageable for me and it was sweet. And it was a place that I decorated, Mm. that I designed, that was comfortable. And and then it wasn't there anymore. And I stepped into another woman's home, literally. Mm. And it was um, very much a process where God kept calling me to the mat (laughs) and saying, I need to I need to heal. Mm -hmm. I need to heal these places in you because I was finding that um, in the identification with those things that, and even my own personal space that I was giving up, God was saying this, this is part of becoming attached to Todd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and not to let the barriers of moving into that home and, and even how my children were feeling because it was very, still is difficult on my my children. That um, how do I walk through this with grace, God? Mm. How do I how do I let go of things that are internally in me so that I can be attached to Todd in mm. every way and yeah. not let any hindrance or barriers 
keep us from what God has for bringing us together. And over and over and over again, I kept coming back to the fact of, Kathy, this is just stuff. Mm. There's memories, and we've talked about that, that Todd and I said there's there's memories, but but they're all in here. Yeah. They're all inside, and this is just stuff. Mm-hmm. But God's given us each other. Wow. And when you've lost it, it, the capacity that we have lost, the perspective becomes very clear. Yeah. yeah. The important thing is, is that God's given me to Todd and Todd to me. And so walking through that process and keeping that focus and to know that we know that we know that God gave us each other was, was, it was clearing the clutter Mm -hmm. and it was allowing him to do a work in my heart so that I could be the help meet that Mm. God is asking me to be to Todd. And I think even like that process for you kind of moving into Todd's house sure had a lot of healing ramifications for Todd as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm so I'm totally superimposing my <laughs> situation onto you, but I'm just imagining you're relating with that because as Christy has moved into my house and we've started having these conversations and there's been some things brought to my attention of like, hey, you know, this picture or this thing or this whatever, stuff that I just kind of kept around as mm-hmm. different memories now I'm having to figure out what to do with those as well. Mm-hmm. And that creates a little bit of a, a finality mm-hmm. yes. uh, of closure. It creates a little bit of like re-grieving certain mm-hmm. things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the other day, we were trying to figure out how to decorate our basement because I've had people live in my basement since, you know, since I moved into this house. And so now it's becoming our own space that we get to choose what we want to do with it. With it, But, you know, even, even as we're clearing out, I'm, we're making a pile of all these things that like I have to decide what I'm going to do with. Mm-hmm. And Christy's been so gracious to kind of give me that space to kind of figure that out. And mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do with this thing? Am I supposed to keep <laughs> it? Am I supposed to box it away? Am I supposed to, I don't know, how does this work? Mm-hmm. And then the whole layer of, Okay, well, we have Weston too. So, how much of his mom do we like preserve mm-hmm. for him? And then, how much do we usher him into the new thing that God is doing in his life? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the same for Natalia. She's getting into this house and this whole stepping into this whole complexity. And so, I guess all that is to say, I don't know if any of us had the answer for that other than mm-hmm. continually walking in step with the Lord and then. What I admire about you guys, I, I, I sensed it when I sat there at dinner with you guys, is that as you kind of eyed each other, when I was asking you some questions about these kinds of things, I could tell you'd had long conversations about it, mm-hmm. um, meaningful conversations, yes. tough conversations, and and yet in the answers you were going to make sure that you were honoring each other with that, yes, and that you were okay, whatever we we haven't quite decided yet, we haven't figured it out, but we're going to be honoring of each other. Yeah, and I think that's so important in this in this mm-hmm. process, this merging process. Because, like yes. what you said, it's stuff. It is stuff, but you know what? If I prefer my can opener over his, <laughs> it's just going to have to happen that way. <laughs> but it's, I, it's it's different than like you know normal. No, I say normal. I don't know if anybody ever has a normal marriage, but normal joining two lives together. You just yeah. you have these conversations where you have to learn. Okay, mm-hmm. where do I bend? Where do I compromise? Where do I let go? Where do I? But something about this feels so much more layered than that. It is. And, you know, one of the things that I have to say um, for Todd is uh, to be open 
to those changes, mm-hmm. and then also to see that I was struggling. And mm-hmm. even as of late, I had to tell him, you know, I'm just, I'm just really struggling. I feel stuck. I'm struggling in this, and and I just, I need to vocalize it to you, and um, to even have the intimacy and the vulnerability with Todd to be able to share where I'm. I can't even put my finger on it, but okay, here it is, and mm. just kind of put it out there. And his reactions have been so filled with grace and kindness, mm. and and um, mm. really just as accommodating. Yeah. You know, let's you know, and, and him being so sensitive to me allows me to be more vulnerable. Yeah. Wow. So the more. <laughs> The more we're open and honest with each other and vulnerable, but the more we're we're expressing kindness and grace towards each mm. other, mm-hmm. we're finding that Jesus is moving more and more into the center of those places wow. and attaching us into those really important, even if it is over a picture or a can opener <laughs> or a bedspread, yeah. or I don't care what, even a dog, because yeah. we have two dogs. That, <laughs> so, you know, we, we just find... Uh, grace-filled opportunities mm-hmm. every time with each other. But, you know, his answers, it just, he's just a doll. Yeah, wow. He is a doll. And I just mm-hmm. love Honey, his... I already told you we're going out to dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no more schmoozing. <laughs> yeah, but he, but the way yeah. that, but I've needed that. Yeah. I've needed to have um, God's grace given to me through Todd. Yeah in order to continue my healing process. So if you want to know about Mm. healing, Mm. it's in relationship with God, Mm. but it's also in relationship with each other Mm. that are grace-filled, that are centered on Christ and willing to extend even when it hurts. Wow. And even when you don't understand, but to realize that there's there's a place for stuff mm-hmm. and then there's a place for a relationship and the relationship always trumps everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good. You know, and, and Christy, you kind of made this statement a, a little bit ago. Um, there is no instruction manual mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we are really just walking out this journey and that's how I view it. Um, life is a journey, but in particular, uh, the journey that began since the loss of my wife and daughter and the journey that Kathy began since the loss of her husband. And um, we just know that the journey is worth it. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's going to be twists yes. and turns. There's mm-hmm. going to be bumps and bruises. But um, the most important thing and the thing that really is the absolute foundation for Kathy and I, much as I'm sure it is, Davy, for you and Christy, mm-hmm is that our foundation is built on Christ. Yeah. Yes. And, and I just, I was thinking of that old hymn, mm-hmm. on Christ the solid rock I stand, yep. all other ground is sinking sand. Yeah. And I love that mm-hmm. just because uh, mm-hmm. that's really what we uh, base our relationship on first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And then everything yes. else builds on top of that. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that strong foundation. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. uh, were it not for that and were it not for God's grace, we couldn't be sitting here talking with you today. Yeah. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Man, that's mm-hmm. so good. I wish I could sit here and talk to you guys for hours, which I can. <laughs> Unfortunately, our listener can't. <laughs> we're kind of yeah. out of time, but we'll definitely continue a lot more conversations. Mm-hmm. It'll just be over dinner mm-hmm. without microphones. It'll be a lot more fun that way. But guys, thank you so much for joining us on 
um, the podcast. It's just an, truly an honor to mm. um, just kind of be in your shadows of your journey mm-hmm. and kind of be able to um, stand on your shoulders a little bit too mm-hmm. and, and follow very closely behind and go, okay, mm-hmm. how do we do this? How do we do this? It's, it really, really is an honor. I, I appreciate you guys spending time with us today and then spending time pouring into us outside of even settings like this. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for it's allowing awesome. us to. It's yes. been yeah. a, a wonderful opportunity. Absolutely. Yes, thank Absolutely. you. It is an honor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll sign off for this one. Yeah, that was good. It was good. I, it, I, I would just love how it kind of brings some things to, like, not closure, but at least some full circle when we get to see a story that God has written redemption into yes. which he writes redemption into every but not everybody's there at that stage right. in their journey and yeah so that's it like really gives encouraging. you hope for yeah. the future exactly i love some of the principles that they talked about when it came to of course blending a family i'm like mm-hmm. on edge writing notes for this one and and man i wish we could have interviewed them for another hour on this yeah. topic we might maybe we'll bring them back Someday. we've got we've got a couple other um couples with similar stories yeah. that we're going to talk about cool. that kind of blending family mm-hmm. dynamic and stuff but um but man, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's just a complicated thing. It is. You know, I think one thing that can relate to everybody is is when you guys were talking about open communication mm-hmm. and marriage. You know, even outside of marriage, <laughs> open right. communication is important. But um, I think as as a young married person, mm-hmm. um, it was just really nice to like sit back and and learn, like you were saying, from people who are ahead of you, right? Um, how you know how to communicate well in marriage. Um, and just just make your home like a, a peaceful one where um, I don't know anybody can walk in and and really experience. Yep. I don't know community. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They and they when they walk in, they feel like, oh wow, Jesus is here. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. And Jesus, you know, um, s- Scripture talks about how how good it is when brothers dwell in unity. That's Psalm mm-hmm. one thirty three. But you could even replace that not just with brothers, but like how good is it when spouses dwell in unity? Yeah. How good is it when coworkers dwell in unity? And it says that God's anointing is on that, that mm-hmm. like it relates it to oil being dripped down over someone's head, which was an anointing process. Mm-hmm. And at the end says, there God commands a blessing. Wow. Like something about unity and like being on the same page and working together in partnership, not pushing against each other, not fighting against each other, but fighting with each other against a common enemy that's trying to destroy your family. Um, there's something powerful about that, that like yeah. people want to be around it and it's contagious. And they say, okay, how did you create such peace in your home? And really what I gathered from that is no matter where you're at, whether you're blending a family, starting a family, whatever that looks like, it's all it all comes back to intentionality. Yeah. Being very intentional about how you spend your time, how you spend your, you know, what your calendar looks like, your your conversation, um, even how you spend your money, just yeah. intentionality around all of that stuff. And that was good for uh, me to hear, even as we talked about the last podcast, flow being <laughs> our, it's like all intentionality. I feel like every day we're like looking at our calendars and trying to be intentional about this. And so yeah. it's good to hear that like, man, the the fruit of that, the product of that is so worth the effort that it's taking right now yeah, to do that. So. Definitely. 
hey, if this podcast episode was helpful to you, um, we'd love we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your story um, or just any any episode, this podcast in general, if it's yeah. been helpful for you. If you have questions and um, if there's anything that we can do for you, if there's any way that we can serve you, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can reach out to us at hello at davyblackburn.com. Um, another thing that we'd love to put out there um, is that we'd love for you guys to, to review and rate mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, we've said it before and we'll say it again, but essentially what that does is it gets that podcast into more people's hands yep. um, so that so that we can help people train for the trial that they're not yet in, um, to have hope in whatever situation that they're experiencing. So you guys can share that on any social media platform. Um, also, you can rate and review on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Yeah. And Emily, I just um, a couple weekends ago spoke at a church and had like five or six people come up to me and say, hey, I've been listening to your podcast. So cool. And it's just cool to know all over the country that there are people who are listening. So keep sharing it with your friends, yeah. people who are in trial, who are not yet in trial, who are facing adversity, whatever we can do to help you as you're walking through pain. We'd love to help you live, learn, and lead through pain. And uh, again, as always, we want to thank Sleeping at Last for the music. You can find his music anywhere that um, that music is can be downloaded or streamed, um, but just such awesome, awesome music to fill this podcast. And we cannot wait to have you guys join us for the next episode of the Nothing is Wasted podcast. We'll see you.